Two of the top contenders in the AFC go down in week one, plus the last dance look more like the sequel to Save the Last Dance. It's the first week of the NFL season. It's a Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Fire it up. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, and this episode is brought to you by our Locked On NFL Sunday show that talks about every game, every team in depth. Checked out Locked On NFL Sunday's live show every Sunday morning, 11 Eastern, 8 in the West. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke, Ross Jackson. Follow, subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and of course our YouTube page. Don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern. We have a lot to get into on this episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Cardinals with a big win on Sunday, taking out one of the big contenders and the AFC to open things up, the Tennessee Titans. We'll get more in-depth into that contest. Plus, we're going to talk to Sosa Kremenges, Lockdown Rams, Rams big Sunday night football victory of the Chicago Bears. We did get the debut of uh, all five rookie quarterbacks, first-round rookie quarterbacks on Sunday. How did they they do? We'll get into those conversations. Plus, we're also going to talk to our guy Ross Jackson, one of the shocking victories, the Saints blowing the doors off of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Also, soon, we're going to talk to Pittsburgh Steelers, locked on Steelers host Christopher Carter about their win over the Buffalo Bills. Let's get into the action, though. Looking at the uh, early games from Sunday, it was the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, three touchdowns. His rookie wide receiver, Devontae Smith, former Alabama teammate, they didn't miss a beat. 71 yards and a touchdown for the rookie wideout. Atlanta Falcons, pretty quiet day. They lose 32-6. to Kyle pitches four catches for 31 yards. Cincinnati Bengals shocked the Minnesota Vikings in overtime. 27-24 is Jamar Chase linking back up with his college quarterback at LSU and Joe Burrow. Chase, 105 yards, a touchdown. Joe Mixon was a monster on the ground. 127 yards, rushing and a touchdown. Kirk Cousins in a losing effort, 351 yards. Two touchdowns, both of Touchdowns, he connected with Adam Thielen, who looks like he's back and healthy after last season. The San Francisco 49ers, we did see the debut of Trey Lance. He threw the first touchdown pass for the Niners, who went up big early on the Detroit Lions, but squeaked one out 41-33. Debo Samuel, monster game in the air, 189 yards, and a touchdown looked like a true wide receiver one. And Jared Goff, 338 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick six to uh, a team that he used to face on the regular when he was a member of the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, another NFC West team doing work. They beat the Indianapolis Colts 28 to 16. Russell Wilson, 258 yards, four touchdowns, two of those touchdowns to his wide receiver, Tyler Lockett and Carson Wentz, a lot of Dinkin and Duncan, 251 yards and two scores in his Indianapolis Colts debut, which was up in the air. Uh, most of the early Sunday, but he came out there through two touchdowns, took care of the football, the guy that led the league in interceptions 
last season, looking at the other early games. It was the Los Angeles Chargers taking out the Washington football team in Landover, Maryland. Justin Herbert showed that it was not just a fluky uh, rookie season. 337 yards, a touchdown. He did throw an interception. Austin Eckler had a touchdown on the ground as the Bolts took care of business. Ryan Fitzpatrick did exit this game for the Washington football team with an injured hip in the second quarter. He'll get an MRI today. It was uh, Taylor Henneke who started a playoff game for the Washington football team last season, and he finished the game not enough. They fall 20-16. to 16. The Carolina Panthers, they take out the New York Jets. Sam Darnold revenge game. He threw a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had 98 yards on the ground, 89 yards in the air. They take out the Jets 19-14. Zach Wilson, he threw a pick. He also threw two touchdowns, 258 yards. Both those touchdowns to his new wide receiver, Corey Davis, who comes over from the Tennessee Titans. And the Houston Texans, this was one of the shockers of the morning uh, or of the early games. Um, it was the Texans 37, the Jaguars 21, Trevor Lawrence for the first time in his life throws three interceptions. He threw three picks. He did throw three touchdowns. He did throw for 332 yards, but it was all up to Rod Taylor, 291 yards in the air, two touchdowns, and uh, was connecting with Brandon Cooks quite a bit. Cooks 132 yards. He continues to parlay last year's strong campaign into another one in game one of the 2021 NFL season with the Houston Texans starting out 1-0. I mean, not a lot of people should be shocked that they took out the Jaguars, but uh, there wasn't a lot of hype surrounding this Texans team going into this contest. And then the Arizona Cardinals, I mentioned it. The team I cover on a daily basis just uh, handling the Tennessee Titans, a team that has made the postseason in back-to-back years. 38-13, 38-13, Chandler Jones was a man possessed coming off the biceps injury, which limited him to five games last season. But Chandler Jones, five sacks, two forced fumbles, and uh, he's going in. He's in a contract season, so he's looking to secure the bag. He's over the age of 30. He's looking for that last big deal. And Chandler Jones playing like the guy who had 19 sacks in 2019 in that contest. And then you also had uh, Kyler Murray. He had five total touchdowns, four through the air, two of those to DeAndre Hopkins, another two to Christian Kirk, and then a rushing touchdown. Kyler Murray had 11 rushing touchdowns last season for the Arizona Cardinals, 37 total touchdowns. And uh, he looks, he come, he got out on a hot start for Arizona, where the expectations are there for the first time in a long time after being the team selecting number one overall, which got him Kyler Murray in 2018, just three wins. And now another big victory in back-to-back years for the Cardinals to open up the season. One more big game of the early games. It was kind of shocking. It's the uh, Buffalo Bills who were supposed to be the team coming out of the AFC, or at least to contend to. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers were supposed to be the team that was supposed to fall off in 2021. Who won that contest? We'll get to a full breakdown with Christopher Carter of Lock on Pittsburgh. Steelers, football season's back. Let's make the most of it. The better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, and your office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for the NFL, college football, and one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this 
season. Check them out today. Get $10 off runyourpool.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. It's in full swing. What am I talking about? Start today. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. It's not too late and you'll have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. The Buffalo Bills, the trendy pick. Everybody's kind of darling, the AFC darling to go to the Super Bowl outside of maybe the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers, probably the trendy pick to fall off a cliff in 2021. And then when the games kicked off, well, the Steelers kind of kicked the Bills in the mouth. And uh, we saw in the season opener, not the Steelers that we're used to seeing where it's more offense. They're getting back to their old ways. We bring in, of course, Christopher Carter. You hear him here Fridays here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast with your boy Q at Carter Critiques. And Chris, it was it really was kind of that defense setting the tone early to kind of help maybe supplement this offense trying to knock the rust off. Absolutely. And this is how we knew the Steelers were going to have to play if they wanted to win games, especially while this offense is figuring things out. New offensive coordinator, basically an entirely new offensive line, two rookies starting on that offensive line, neither of which were picked in the first or second rounds. Third round draft pick Kendrick, Kendrick Green and fourth round draft pick uh, Dan Moore Jr. Uh, but we And then, of course, rookie running back Najee Harris, rookie tight end Pat Fryer. With me. That's four guys that are featured prominently in this offense who are rookies. And that's going to take time to gel. So, yeah, this defense that just signed T.J. Watt and made him the most expensive player uh, or most uh, the highest paid player in the NFL, uh, they came to ball. And, Bo, I mean, it wasn't just T.J. Watt. He may have had two sacks and a forced fumble, but Alex Highsmith, Melvin Ingram, the guy they brought in, Cam Hayward, they were all getting after Josh Allen, making his life miserable throughout the game. The Bills scored 16 points. They only did that once last year, that, and that, and I mean that's that's phenomenal. A, te- a team that was ranked number two in offense last year, averaged over thirty-one points per game, was held to a single touchdown. That's that's phenomenal, and especially when your offense gave you zero points in the first half, and only one, and the, I mean, the Steelers' offense only gave them one touchdown throughout the game. It was a blocked punt that gave them the other touchdown. Is this Steelers' defense good enough to be the best in the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, I've been yeah. saying that for a while. They would have been the best in the NFL last year if yeah. they didn't lose half their defense. I mean, that's something that people forget. Like, oh, the Steelers, they didn't know how to win down the stretch. I'm like, no, Bud Dupree got hurt. Alex Highsmith got hurt. Uh, Devin Bush got hurt. Robert Spillane got hurt. Vince Williams got COVID. Joe Hayden got COVID. Like, like it was just like, people just seem to ignore that when they started losing games. And I'm like, do we not see that there's like eight players missing? And, and then, yes, the defense is eventually going to fall to pieces. And in fact, in that Bills game last year in the first half bills fans were wondering why can't we move the ball on, on this defense this is ridiculous and then the second half they attacked the middle of the field where the Steelers were down to fourth and fifth string inside linebackers they in, in fact converted a box safety Marcus Allen to be an off-ball linebacker in that game and, and it, it was a it was a big failure but this year Joe Schobert and Devin Bush no interceptions no sacks or nothing but quietly had very good games and you saw when Josh Allen needed to kind of go away from the corners because Cam Sutton had a really good game. Joe Hayden looked really solid. Uh, even James Pierre, that guy that they brought in, uh, that an undrafted guy last year, and he's stepping up this year. They all played pretty well. There wasn't an easy spot for Josh Allen to hit consistently in this game, and that made a huge difference. Locked on NFL podcast, Bo Brock hanging out with uh, Christopher Carter, of course. Locked on NFL Fridays here. And uh, just take me through this game because it's 10 nothing going into halftime. And, and we talk about a slow start for this offense, but – 
you know, was there concern? I mean, what, what was the kind of the feeling surrounding the Steelers team? Did you think that it was going to be 0-1 to come out of the gates? I mean, I predicted them to lose this game 27 to 24. I thought that they were, I thought they would put up a really good fight, but I thought eventually Josh Allen would find a way to score late and give the Bills the edge that they needed. And early on, the offense looked kind of like I thought they would, not all the way together, not taking the shots down the field, trying to protect Ben Roethlisberger, not being able to figure out the run game yet. But I will say this the offensive line has the athleticism to be there. It wasn't like they were just outmatched. It looks like just, hey, they just, their timing's off right now. But you saw when they got out and got moving, they called a couple wide receiver screens. You saw Kendrick Green in the center just flying downfield and crushing people. You saw the same thing out of uh, Kevin Dotson and Trey Turner just, just mowing people over. Uh, this offensive line has the athleticism to be much better. They just need to figure out their timing and figure out how to work together. That's the, the direction that this, this team can be headed. But yeah, in the first half, I mean, it was absolutely, it was like, will the Steelers even score? Will they figure it out? But that was what I think they really did with Ben Roethlisberger. They said, listen, we're not going to have you take shots until we figure out what they're trying to take away. In the second half, they did that. And again, they scored, I think, three field goals and a touchdown on top of their yeah. blocked punt that was scored for a touchdown but that offense every time they touch the ball they either scored or they knelt out the clock in the second half that's what you want out of this team you don't need them to be Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell days of offense you need them to just be good enough don't turn the ball over and let that superstar defense go win it for you and that is the best best defense in the league I believe they got the best safety in the league the best edge rusher in the league they got uh, maybe the best one-two punch of defensive tackles in the league if Stephon Tuitt can come back healthy and that's the thing a guy that had 11 sacks last year up the middle didn't even play in this game if he can get back healthy for the Steelers th this year and they can stay healthy down the stretch watch out this defense is going to be the best in the league and talk about what's going to be the best in the league. I mean, when we start to preview week two, Raiders, Steelers, you got your two hosts hosting Friday right here, the Locked On NFL podcast. It's going to be electric. You're going to have to tune in. It's going to be must-listen-to podcast, must-watch here on the YouTube channel. Christopher, man, it was, uh, it was a shocking result. As you said, you didn't predict it, but Steelers, 1-0, baby. Yes, they are, and I, I really think people need to watch out. Again, I'm not saying the Steelers are Super Bowl champions this year, but I am telling you, Bo, right now, the people that said that they're going to be five wins or six wins, I think you're out of your mind. It would take a, a number of serious injuries to derail this team. They still have a winning core. They still have a, they're still a winning organization. They know how to pick things up, and this is a very talented roster from top to bottom. They're going to figure it out. They're going to be in the playoffs this year, and if they're healthy, I see them giving a lot of people a lot of fits. It's the Lockdown NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. And uh, look, the afternoon games did not disappoint, just like the early game did not. In the afternoon, it was the Browns seeking revenge for their divisional loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Could they pull that off? And also, how did Tua look in year two? And also, we were looking at the Green Bay Packers beginning their last dance season. But they looked more kind of like uh, a different series. And it wasn't the last dance, you know, which followed the Chicago Bulls. Let's take a look at the afternoon games. The Kansas City Chiefs, they did what they did in the divisional round. They beat the Browns, but it was another dramatic victory for the Chiefs. 33-29, Patrick Mahomes, 337 yards in the air, three touchdowns, 197 yards to Tyreek Hill in one of those scores. Nick Chubb had 83 yards and two touchdowns on the ground for the Browns, who fall to 0-1. Baker Mayfield had a crucial interception in that contest. Tua, 202 yards, had a touchdown on the ground and a touchdown in the air through an interception as well. The go-ahead score was to his former Alabama mate, Jalen Waddell. 
He had the go-ahead touchdown reception. The Patriots, they fall in Mac Jones' debut. McCorkle, 281 yards. He had the touchdown. Damian Harris had 100 yards, but that crucial fumble caused by Xavier Howard in that contest. It was defend 17, Pat 16. Broncos led by Teddy Bridgewater. They went to six. They went 27-13. Teddy B, 264 yards, two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, 101 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Sterling Shepard in a loss, 113 yards and a score. Daniel Jones, two scores, one on the ground, one through the air. And then it was the Saints, just a drubbing of the Packers, 38-3. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Jameis Winston, five touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, two picks in the game. He did not finish the game. We saw Jordan Love's regular season debut for the Pack. One of the biggest surprises from the first NFL Sunday of the 2021 season was the beatdown that went down the Saints delivered to the Green Bay Packers. It was unreal. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. 38-3, to even our next guest, Ross Jackson, of course, locked on Saints. I don't think he saw this one coming. He took the Green Bay Packers in their last dance and turned it into the sequel to Save the Last Dance or something that <laughs> resembled it. It was awful. It was terrible, Ross. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. Hey, but I did uh, I did pick the uh, Arizona Cardinals to get their win against Tennessee, though. So, you know, yeah, I showed some love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that was, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals taking out the Tennessee Titans was the bigger surprise of the early games. It was, right, for a sure. team that had been in the playoffs back-to-back seasons high expectations, and the Cardinals came in and punched them in the mouth, and that's exactly what happened with the Saints. Facing all of this adversity, all the questions around Jameis Winston, what was the biggest surprise to you uh, from the Saints' 38-3 win over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday? Oh, for me, it was the efficiency of Jameis Winston and the way that he just fit right into the Sean Payton scheme. I mean, this Saints offense didn't change much about what it does in a usual basis. I mean, they completed 65% of their passes in this one. Jameis Winston did only through 20 passes for 148 yards and then topped it off with five touchdowns in that game with only one target, more than 20 yards down the field. That was the huge 75-yard touchdown to uh, Deontay Harris that just kept running, which is what Jameis Winston told the receivers during the preseason when they were working out together is just don't stop running. I'll find you downfield. And on that play, he did it. But outside of that, this team was conservative. This team took what the defense gave them and Jameis Winston did it all. It was hilarious, actually, on the uh, the Sunday Night Football pregame. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. of course, the legendary <laughs> Saints quarterback. You know where I'm going with this. Yes. He was joking that, uh, you know, maybe that big 75-yard touchdown strike was what the Saints offense was missing the last couple of years when he was the quarterback. It was funny <laughs> to hear Brees poke fun at himself. But how much, how true is that? I mean, I think that it's a big piece that was missing. I mean, this offense was very much condensed over the last few seasons. These route breaks that you saw today that were happening 12, 15 yards down the field before, you know, a a post route began to develop or a deep out route began to develop. Those routes started to move closer to the line of scrimmage. Those breaks were happening seven, eight, nine yards down from the line of scrimmage with Drew Brees over these past couple of seasons. And, you know, no, there's no need to shade Drew Brees or anything like that. That offense was obviously fantastic and still was extremely efficient despite it's uh, not, despite not being necessary to attack down the field. But now you have the ability to do it with Jameis Winston and that's where you get those big plays just like you saw to Deontay Harris. Ross Jackson, of course, Locked On Saints. You can hear him tomorrow right here, the Locked On NFL podcast with Luke Braun. They'll be breaking down Monday Night Football, the results from that game, and uh, make sure you're following along on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. So 
you know, we can talk about the offense, but the defense was special today as well. They made the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, look pretty pedestrian to below average, two interceptions. Why was this defense so successful on Sunday? I don't know. This is probably the other biggest surprise here. And, and and it's not that I was down on the defense, but this was a top five defense last year, both in passing and in rushing. So you expected to see some type of a drop off with the pieces that they lost over the course of the offseason, although they did maintain a lot of veteran presence and great play at all three levels of the defense with some of the veterans that hung around. And of course, they maintained their defensive coordinator and Dennis Allen potentially upgrade a little bit at the secondary coach going to Chris Richard. But you didn't have Ken Crawley in this game who is now an injured reserve. The Saints traded for Bradley Roby, who's going to take over that second cornerback spot opposite Marshawn Lattimore. So at all, but he was suspended for the first game. So it all came down to rookie Paulson Adebo, who I was a little bit concerned about having to go up against a future Hall of Famer and last year's MVP and Aaron Rodgers. But the, the symbiotic relationship between the pass rush as well as that secondary were definitely there. Two red zone takeaways definitely helps as well. The interception by Paulson Adebo and then the late fumble forced by Tano Passanio, former Kansas City Chiefs defensive lineman. I mean, they showed up at the right moments, and this was a defense that was ready uh, to be tenacious and was very much ready for this game. We'll see if they can carry that tenacity moving forward throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and moving forward two weeks more on the road. Obviously, this was supposed to be their home opener, their season opener. How are you seeing how the team's holding up? Do you expect maybe at least in those two road games a letdown with all the adversity they're facing? I can certainly see some fatigue at some point over those next two games. I mean, they've essentially been on the road since the end of August. Essentially, they've been in, they were in Dallas for a little while. Now they're in Fort Worth. They're returning to Fort Worth after hosting this game in Jacksonville. They're going to go on the road to Carolina and then go on the road again to the East Coast, going up to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Hopefully able to return home at the beginning of October as they host, quote unquote, we'll see that the New York Giants. But I can certainly see, especially if that Giants game ends up being a game in which the Saints end up having to play away from home and hosting at a neutral site again. That's a very tough defense in New York. That New England defense is getting a lot of play, uh, getting a lot of pieces back as well. And Mac Jones is, you know, igniting this new offense, if you will. But when it comes down to it, I could see a bit of fatigue set in over the course of the next couple of games. But hey, getting a big win when you maybe expected this team to lose here week one definitely gives you a little bit of extra leeway as well great win for the saints to open up the season one not a lot of people saw coming ross jackson listen to him on a daily basis locked on saints listen to tomorrow right here locked on nfl There's one final game on the NFL slate on Sunday night. The LA Rams. Did Matthew Stafford? Did he live up to the hype? I think, uh, I think he did. This episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by DirecTV Stream, and I want to tell you about it. it's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. The best part, no annual contract. Stop waiting. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Go to directtv.com for more. That's directtv.com. I also got to tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the market. Of course, I'm talking about built bars. They're tasty and healthy. Those will fly. We've got nine delicious flavors that you can always rely upon and figure out which one you like the best. Go to built.com, order yourself from Nick Fox. Try three of the nine delicious flavors and figure out which one for you. 
because not only are you getting the best tasting protein bar, it tastes like a candy bar, but you're also getting one of the healthiest protein bars around. You're not cutting any corners nutrition wise. You get 17 grams of muscle packing protein, 130 to 180 calories. That's it. Four grams of sugar and just four grams of net carbs. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Save yourself 15% on your first order. That's going to built.com and using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. To wrap up the Sunday slate, it was the Sunday night football game between the LA Rams hosting the Chicago Bears, and we got the much-anticipated Justin Fields debut. It didn't look like I think anybody thought we were going to see from Justin Fields, but he did find the end zone, and the Bears fell enormously short of the Los Angeles Rams, who now are putting their faith behind the arm of Matthew Stafford. And there was a ton of hype this offseason surrounding Matthew Stafford. I bring on now from Locked On Rams, our guy Sosa Kermenges, following the 34-14 win for Los Angeles. And Sosa, did Matthew Stafford, did he resemble any of the hype that he and the Rams got this entire offseason? You know, I think that's exactly what happened in this game. Uh, You see him come right out in that first drive, in that first series. First thing he does, play action, get under center, uncorks a 70-yard bomb for a touchdown Van Jefferson. Of course, there was a little bit of luck there as well. You know, Van Jefferson falls, nobody touches him, gets up, and kind of basically walks into the end zone. But, you know, you're looking at this guy now who everyone expected to be very different from Jared Goff, not necessarily statistically or, you know, when you look at the end of the year stats, the numbers. But the way the offense functions and what this allows Sean McVay to do, and I think that's exactly what we saw in this game. I mean, this was the first time a quarterback in his first game threw 250-plus-yard touchdowns in a game since 1968. Uh, No surprise that he already has as many 50-yard touchdowns in one game as the Rams had as an offense all of last year. Uh, It's clearly a different offense, one that's going to push it vertically. Uh, They're looking for explosive plays. They made that a priority over the offseason. And it clearly has come to fruition one game into it. I think right now you can't ask for a better start, you know, in this Stafford era. Yeah. So is it, is it fair to say, Hey, where, where can they find room, room to improve? I mean, it's, it's week one, it's game one of the Matthew Stafford era in Los Angeles, coupled with, with Sean McVay, where would you like to see them maybe kind of tighten things up? Yeah. You know, I think the offensive line was a little bit shaky there throughout some of those drives. I know, you know, there was that first drive where they scored a touchdown pretty quickly and it kind of got stale a little bit for there, you know, in that second to third quarter for a little while, but uh, the running game as well. I mean, they only had, uh, I want to say like 20 yards rushing up until that end of the third quarter when they started to finally kill that clock a little bit with the running game and started to get productive. But that's probably the number one concern I would say right now, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, can the offensive line create any holes up front? And can the running game start to get anything going? Because you're not going to want Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 45 times every single game. Uh, Of course, you know, the Chicago Bears do have a solid front seven. uh, But at the same time, you know, you can't go three quarters with 20 yards rushing. That's not going to be a recipe success for the most part. So uh, I think that's the one concern on the offensive side of the ball as of right now. And and there's certainly worth when you leave that game, when you finish watching, you were like, boy, they needed to really clean this up. It was a very impressive performance by Matthew Stafford, the offensive side of the football for the L.A. Rams, 34-14. They take out the Chicago Bears. Social Kermenges, of course, the host, locked on Rams, writes for PFF. Follow him on Twitter, at QB's MVP. Also, there are a couple guys on the defensive side that shine. Of course, you've got the best player pound for pound in football and Aaron Donalds, and then you've got uh, Jalen Ramsey playing in the defensive secondary there. Who st- stood out, in your opinion, on the defensive side of the football? 
Yeah, those are two of the names for sure. You know, you look at Aaron Donald. He could have had two or three, four sacks in this game, uh, but for whatever reason, he just could not finish them. Andy Dalton was kind of squirming, squirming away every time there at the end. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, like you mentioned, very active. I'm not sure why the Bears went into this game targeting the best corner in football repeatedly, uh, maybe, you know, to get him emotionally or something, but the dude stepped up. He looked incredible uh, and a tough tackler, man. This guy is physical. He wants it, so he showed that very early, but... One of the other players that maybe nobody expected to step up in this game and that maybe most fans don't even know who he is, Justin Hollins, the edge rusher for the Rams. Mm. I want to say he had two sacks in this game, was very active in run defense, uh, a very good start for him. This is his first season starting with the Rams at the edge spot across from Leonard Floyd. And this is another guy that the Rams did not draft. They grabbed him off waivers last year just prior to the season after those training camp preseason cutdowns. And now he's a guy that's starting for the team and is, you know, showing out in one week throughout the season so far. So if the Rams can continue to get these kind of contributions from players that, you know, maybe not anyone's really expecting anything out of, it's obviously going to go a long way to helping those superstars on that defensive side of the ball. The guys that we all know, the guys that we are all highlighting every game, you know, the Donalds, the Ramseys and guys like that. I'm hosting the Arizona Cardinals podcast on a daily basis. Uh, you know, it was just an incredible performance all day long by the NFC West teams. Maybe the Niners slipped up a little bit in the second half, but still they handled the Detroit Lions and Seattle. They took care of business in Indy against the Colts. And of course, the team I cover dominated a team that's made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons in the Tennessee Titans. Um, so, so, I mean, the Rams may have had the mo- most impressive performance of all of them, though. They might have. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, this division is it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you look at some other divisions around the league, NFC East, things like this. And then you go watch the NFC West. And I mean, it's absurd. It, this is for uh, this is a four playoff team division. I mean, these guys all deserve to go to the playoffs right now. Uh, you look across the division, like you mentioned, 49ers put up a 40 burger and, and we're not even talking about them with an impressive performance. Of course, there was the meltdown there. But you look at the Cardinals, the guys that you guys cover. Such an incredible performance. I mean, you're looking at Kyler Murray as one of the MVP favorites right now. You're looking at a guy like Chandler Jones coming back off of a season-ending injury. Five sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, you know, we're recording this after the Rams game. I, I think he just got another sack. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous how, how right. good these guys are performing. And, of course, the Seattle Seahawks as well. Um, this division's crazy. You know, it's it's incredible. I think it's going to be a dogfight all, all the way until the very end. Uh, and it makes it super fun to cover and fun to watch because I feel like, you know, every week we're going to have a different – choice for who might be the best team in the division but as it stands right now man i don't think you can pick between these four teams yeah we all said it kind of on the nfc west ultimate uh division preview which you can find on uh, wherever you listen to podcast and uh that this division might be so good that it could be a detriment in, in a sense to where they would cannibalize each other so much so that you know getting a first round by might be out of the question because it's just going to be such a dogfight yeah, and that's completely true. I know you look at some of these other teams that are, you know, considered top teams in the NFC, the Bear or sorry, the Packers, the Bucks, you know, they have a lot more simple division games. Maybe not easy yeah. per se, not six easy games, but if you get two or four easy games, it's gonna make it a lot easier to sew up some of those free wins and get to that first seed where you know these NFC West teams, they do not have any of these luxuries. You're gonna have six of the toughest games on your schedule just because of your division. Sosha Kermenja is listening to on a daily basis, Locked on Rams. It's going to be an exciting team, one of the top teams in the NFC, if not in the entire NFL, to follow along with all season long at Locked on Rams. And, uh, of course, read his work, PFF. Follow him on Twitter at QB's MVP. Thanks, Sosa. Of course. Thanks for having me on.
That's going to do it for the Locked On NFL podcast. Make sure to check out tomorrow's episode with Ross Jackson and Lucas Braun. They're going to hook you up. They're going to recap Monday Night Football and more takeaways from this wild week one of the 2021 NFL season. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. You have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. And betting on the NFL, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.